Welcome to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health, the podcast that shows you how to live a longer and healthier life, showcasing doctors, clinicians, and patient stories. The goal of South Coast Health is to help and inspire you to navigate your health journey with knowledge, comfort, and ease. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. I'm Patricia Raskin. And today we're talking about computer-assisted spine surgery with Dr. Steve Cobury. Dr. Steve Cobury is a neurosurgeon at South Coast Health. He graduated with his Bachelor of Science degree in nuclear engineering from Worcester Polytech Institute. He then earned his Doctor of Medicine degree with academic excellence from Brown University School of Medicine. Dr. Cobry completed his internship at the National Naval Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, before moving on to complete his residency in the Department of Neurosurgery at Rhode Island Hospital, Brown University. He is board certified through the American Board of Neurological Surgery. Dr. Cobry's clinical interests involve trauma, critical care, and complex spine surgery. Dr. Steve Cobry's personal philosophy of care is rooted in honesty and compassion. He works to use honesty and compassion as the foundation of the relationship between himself and his patients to develop a plan of care that personally fits the individual's patient's needs, even in a highly complex environment such as neurosurgery. As a young child, Dr. Cobry was inspired by his pediatrician to become a physician. He admired how comfortable his doctor made him feel as a child, and he was inspired to provide the same feeling to his patients. Dr. Cobry spent 28 years as a member of the United States Navy, serving eight years in submarines and 20 years in medicine, including several deployments, notably treating frontline injuries in Afghanistan in 2010. Dr. Cobra, I understand that you are a native of Massachusetts and of Fall River. Yes, grew up in the Flint and Fall River, and my patients are really happy to know that someone that was raised by this city is back to finish his career here, to serve the community that gave him so much. It's, it's uh, funny because when I'm able to pronounce my patient's uh, name properly, like Pavo or Messier, they're very impressed. Uh, that's great. You've really served us all well. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us exactly what is computer-assisted spine surgery? So computer-assisted spine surgery takes traditional spinal surgery to the next level, and that includes accuracy as well as a reduction of pain that the patient experienced postoperatively as well as minimizing complications like blood loss or neurological injury during these surgeries. So when I trained, this type of technology was just starting to be used. And now it has become virtually the standard of care in many areas of the country. So when you do the computer-assisted spine surgery, how does it make it easier and also safer and less complicated. So basically what the system does is it takes a known quantity that we obtain either intraoperatively or preoperatively, and that being the patient's anatomy through a CAT scan, and matches it to what we see actually in the OR, either visually with an open procedure or 
radiographically with an intraoperative CAT scan. And that allows us to accurately place the hardware that we need to place to facilitate the types of surgery that employ computer-assisted spine surgery. So it makes it more accurate. Yes. And the reason it's more accurate is when I trained, you were taught to interpret the anatomy, which we all become excellent at. However, not everyone's anatomy is exactly as you see in a textbook. And that's where an intraoperative imaging system with computer assistance really allows you to place screws uh, in, in hardware into areas that are really narrow, but we can do it much more safely now. Now, is everyone who has spinal surgery eligible for the computer-assisted spine surgery, or do some conditions preclude that you have to do it the traditional way? Right. So there are definitely indications for doing traditional surgery. However, that uh, determination is basically whether to do it in a minimally invasive way or whether to do it traditionally open. And both ways are more safe than doing it without the computer assistance or the stereotactic navigation, as we call it. But anyone undergoing spine surgery, complex spine surgery in the form of fusions, particularly in the lower uh, lumbar spine, these days are going through computer-assisted surgery as a way of becoming the standard of care. You know, I'm interested to know people who've had spinal injuries uh, through accidents uh, or however that's happened. Does the computer-assisted surgery help them to recover in a way or maybe walk again where they might not have been able to before? So stereotactic navigation and computer-assisted spinal surgery certainly has wide use in traumatic spinal injuries. And I use that number of time. For instance, if someone fractures their neck and it becomes unstable, particularly up in the upper spine where the spinal cord is just leaving the skull, there is a lot of high-priced real estate up there, particularly given its proximity to the vascular structures that go into the brain. And if we don't stabilize that area, then there's the potential that the patient could actually die. And so uh, just recently, as, as uh, two weeks ago, I used the system to stabilize someone's first and second bone in their neck so that they did not shift back and result in death. And the post-operative imaging, which you know, we usually get, completely matched exactly what we saw in the operating room. And that's very important because by nature, the traumatic injury disturbs the normal anatomy. Mm-hmm. And while we used to do it by visual markers, now we can reinforce our technical knowledge with this computer assistance so that the spine surgery is more accurate, more timely, more safe, and without as many complications as previously. Mm-hmm. 
Does artificial intelligence play into this at all? No, currently it does not. We are just getting into the advent of artificial intelligence and and medical decision-making. And I do not know of it being used currently anywhere intraoperatively, which I think we're, you know, years away from that. Mm -hmm. What should someone expect if they're having computer-assisted spine surgery? So the way I do it mostly in in patients that have... uh, not had any spine surgery before is uh, minimally invasive. And that study after study has shown to be a superior method for pain control, blood loss, minimization of intraoperative and postoperative complications like neurological injury or infection. And the way that works is basically much smaller incisions because we have this stereotactic navigation to allow us to place the hardware through a tiny incision in the skin. So I've been doing this since uh, we we received our system here, uh, the 7D stereotactic navigation system in October of this past year, 23. And I've been virtually doing all my lumbar fusions through this means of minimally invasive surgery. Does that help with shortening the recovery time? So currently, we're able to get people going through minimally invasive surgery in our limited, you know, four-month experience uh, here. They leave the hospital sooner than what I've seen with traditional open surgery. And they have substantially less blood loss because you're not dissecting the tissue as you need to with an open procedure. And the stereotactic navigation through a minimally invasive procedure is now just as accurate as an open procedure, which is something that is new to South Coast. So my patients seem to be much happier going through that from a post-operative pain standpoint, as well as uh, minimization of their hospitalization. Mm-hmm. What's the success rate of computer spine surgery? And are there any long-term studies that supports this efficacy? Yes. So the advent of stereotactic navigation for spinal surgery began, I would say, in the early 2000s. And, you know, the FDA obviously has to approve all of this. And all of that is set upon a foundation of study through many multi-centered trials and, and demonstration of proof of function. So this is an extremely well-known, well-documented, well-studied procedure that now has met its natural iteration into becoming what people dreamed it would be 25 years ago, where the patient gets small incisions, timely surgery, back home recovering as quick as possible. So there are many studies that show that there is superiority from those aspects to traditional open surgery. Yeah. When you when you see a patient, what's the percentage of patients that come to you with trauma relation, meaning they just had an accident and it was sudden, or someone who's been in chronic pain? What's um what's the difference in percentage? Yeah, so the mix I probably see is probably 
80, 85% of degenerative chronic issues. And those people will come to me referred by their primary care physicians. And the traumas, you know, St. Luke's out in New Bedford has recently become a trauma center. So we're seeing a substantial uptick in the amount of traumatic injuries we're seeing, both spine and head, as well as many other non-neurological injuries. But as far as spine goes, probably 10 to 15% of my cases are through a traumatic injury, I'd say. My previous job, that's all I did was trauma and did a, a, over 150 cases a year at a level one trauma center, just addressing mostly traumatic spinal injuries. So it's a little bit of a switch now to more of a degenerative issue, but that's a lot less tiring than getting up at two in the morning. Well, I was going to ask you that. I want to ask you another question about degenerative, but when you're working with these trauma cases, it must be more traumatic with the families. I mean, the whole situation because it's sudden. Sure. No, I say to them all the time, because often I'm consenting the family and not the patient because they're gravely injured. And I'll say, you know, when you guys were having pancakes this morning, you couldn't imagine you'd have to be speaking to me. Yeah. But I understand the problem, and, and, and this is what we need to do. And, you know, I tailor my plans based on, you know, years of experience, years of education, in-depth knowledge of the current literature. And then most importantly, talking to the patient, I'm a, I'm a translator. Yes. I tell them all the time. You know, my job is to take this complex MRI and say, this is what I worry about. And you can see as well as I can mm -hmm. the pressure on the nerve yeah. or the slip of the bone. Or, and, and then it makes more sense to them. And I think that successful outcomes are predicated on mutual understanding and also confidence mm -hmm. uh, of the patient in, mm -hmm. in their surgeon. And that really drives me. Do you ever suggest that in these trauma cases that people have therapy or do you have therapists or psychiatrists on board that can help them? Yes, we have, we have a comprehensive trauma team and that does include interventional therapists at the time that can speak with the family, speak even with the patient if they're conscious. But over the years, uh, and it's my responsibility as their physician to extend that compassion in this moment of crisis so that... I can get the patient or their family to understand the problem, understand the treatment, and have the confidence in me to execute that plan yeah. often yeah. in minutes versus months. Yeah. And uh, that is one of the most difficult tasks of my job, I'd say. Yeah. And also needs a lot of compassion and understanding. No, I agree. And that's what's valuable about, for me anyway, having grown up in this area, you know, I understand the dynamic of a Portuguese family. I understand, you know, when uh, someone from Cape Verde is having difficulty understanding me and knowing, you know, hey, uh, let's get let's get the right interpreter here now. And reading the families and knowing that, hey, this is my hometown too. I want to take care of you. Very well said. I just want to go back for a minute to people who come to you with chronic conditions and they're in pain. Where is it usually? Is it in the upper back, the lower back, the hips, or that's a t the hips would be different, right? Yeah, I would say about 90% of my 
chronic issues are in the lumbar spine, the lower back, and the cervical spine, which is the neck. Uh, there is some mid-back pain, but that part of the spine is inherently stable because of the rib cage. So the neck and the lumbar spine are very flexible, and so people over years get wear and tear on them, and then they develop neck and arm pain mm. or back and lower back and leg pain. So, the, you know, that's where most of it comes from. But it's not the same as having like a hip replacement. That's, that's, that wouldn't fall into this, correct? Right. The, the hip folks are the orthopedists, and we have some great orthopedists here at South Coast. But my purview is, you know, leg pain that radiates from the spine. I see. So we work actually closely with each other often. Uh, I'll get someone who has what they believe is com- sciatica coming from their back. And I say, no, no, you, you, have, a, you have a hip problem. You need to see uh, Dr. Skian, mm-hmm. and we'll refer them there. For most of his life, Dan, from Situate, Massachusetts, has struggled with obesity. Eight or ten years old, I started getting, you know, chubby. By the time I graduated high school, I think I was between 275 and 300. Went on a roller coaster and I'm ready to go, and they, the guy comes walking up to me. My thighs were so big, he couldn't get the, the latch to, to latch, and I had to get off the ride. Okay, like enough is enough. So Dan contacted the South Coast Health Weight Loss Center. The program as a whole is what was the, the key to me picking them over Boston. And I was a 46 going into 48, and now I'm a 30-inch waist. South Coast Health Weight Loss Center has helped transform more than 6,500 lives. To learn more about how they can help you, too, call 844-744-5544 or go to southcoast.org. I'm living proof to show if you put the work in on anything that you can get what you want. South Coast Health gave me the tools, and here I am, you know, with my health forever. Take impossible, throw it out of your vocabulary. South Coast Health, more than medicine. Why do you love what you do so much, and why did you choose this? I always dreamed of being a physician, and if you ask my mom, since I was a little kid, I would say I'm going to be a doctor, and because, and my wife says this all the time, you're a guy that can't help but help, Uh and I, um, it's what drives me. It was what drove me in the Navy. I wanted to train my guys so that they could defend the country as best they could. I volunteered to go to Afghanistan because while I wasn't in combat myself, I wanted to help the guys that were out there make sure we were safe, both you know myself in country, but also our families back home. So being a physician to me was a natural extension of, of my career. I started out as an engineer and I loved that. But when I came to a crossroads in my life and decided to try to become a physician, uh, I was uh, never so happy as the day that I received the letter saying you made. So that's what drives me. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose the specific specialty of the spine? Sure. I went to medical school to become a pediatrician. <laughs> and uh, and then my engineering side of my brain came in, and I needed to seemingly work with my hands a lot more than you know just examining patients uh, alone. So I enjoyed surgery, and I toyed with going into pediatric surgery, which I loved also. And then one day during an elective, I saw 
aneurysm surgery, brain surgery. And that was it for me. And I seemed to enjoy the neurological uh, mm -hmm. aspect of the of the puzzle, which is almost the final frontier, I think, of medicine. And yet, I think from what you've said, you use a lot of the skills a pediatrician would use in talking with patients and understanding them and having the patients. Yeah, I, I, it's absolutely critical. As someone who went into medicine later in life, I think that you get a different perspective on how you want your patients to be treated not to diminish any of the valuable work that people who go in right after college do, but my perspective was a little different. And, you know, when you think about what people either complain about or are concerned about with their physician, I can never get in touch with them or they don't care. I never want my patients to say, I've given my patients my personal cell phone number and say, hey, we're having a hard time getting in touch with each other. I know you work, I work. You got a question, you just call me. And and that's a good, I had a lady out who was going out to California for the winter and she was worried. And I said, well, just call me if you're worried. And uh, her son did. And I said, yeah, don't worry about that. And I talked to her and, you know, and that's just as much medicine as uh, me prescribing some painkiller to her. Yes. So. Right. It's one of the most important parts of medicine that sometimes we miss. <laughs> Oh, I agree. I agree. And, I, and I'm not perfect, I've, I've, I, but I try, you know, I try every day to remember that. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, my staff will walk by and they'll say to me, uh, what were you guys laughing about in there? I'll say, you know, we were just having a moment. And, you know, I seek those moments because I want my patients to understand that I'm here to help them. I could easily be the stern doctor that you know, stuffy and just focusing on the the medical part of it. But, you know, you talk about studies and study after study shows that when patients and their physicians are on the same page and share that confidence and trust that their outcomes are better. And that's what I seek for my patients. So, you know, I, I just don't want to be the, the, the classic neurosurgeon. So what are your closing thoughts, Dr. Cobry? And I guess specifically, you know, from all the life lessons you've learned, you know, from being in the Navy, from working with trauma, from working with chronic conditions, what's kind of your philosophy or your message that you want to leave us with today? It's pretty much, I don't give up. And uh, my first grade teacher taught me that, mm. whose life I ended up saving. And I won't get into the details of her surgery, but I almost elected a different path in her case that would have irreversibly changed her life. And she taught me through that and through her, her time with me when I was six years old to never give up. And that doesn't mean I always do, you know, the maximal amount of surgery. It means that, you know, patients need multiple things and uh, some of the hardest things to do no surgery for a surgeon. But that's part of not giving up. And I want my patients to know that I'm completely invested in their care, that I develop a plan unique to their situation, and that I seek their their confidence and trust so that we we 
we can get the best outcome for them. Thank you so much, Dr. Stephen Cobry. Very inspirational, so heartfelt. Really, really, really appreciate it. No, it's I when this job came up, I was just so happy because I, you know, I came home, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't have a thing if it wasn't for this city, and more importantly, my parents. You know, all the sacrifices they made, and so if I can uh, help anybody. It's easy. You just call me and I make it happen. Thank you, Dr. Cobry. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you so much. All right. That wraps up our interview with Dr. Stephen Cobry, who performs computer-assisted spine surgery at South Coast Health. I'm Patricia Raskin, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. To subscribe to this podcast, visit www.southcoast.org forward slash healthy dash aging. While you are there, we want to hear from you. Please take the time to complete a quick survey so we can learn more about the topics for upcoming episodes that you are most interested in to live a healthy lifestyle. Thank you to our hosts, Patricia Raskin and South Coast Health. This podcast is brought to you by creative content developer Raskin Resources Productions and produced by Virtually You.